tonight. Um, you ladies shop till you drop today and then bring it back uh, tonight. And I guess we could <clears throat> we could put punch this through the whole building and you guys could stay downstairs if you don't get too rowdy and wrap during service or how, depends on how much stuff you've got, I guess. Maybe we can do it right after. We'll just everybody come back tonight. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <clears throat> so if if you want to do that, that we could do that tonight. You, you uh, ladies could. How many how many of you men like to rap? <laughs> yeah, I saw that Wednesday. <laughs> I saw that Wednesday. That was a a disaster out in the barn. Um, I think we wrapped yours for you. I think even so. Yeah, I think so. I, I believe so. I think it's out in the barn. So uh, if you men weren't here Wednesday to, for the wrap-up, they're out there in the barn, and uh, we got our projects done. So, and uh, yeah, probably is paying it. So we we completed ours Wednesday, and uh, the ladies' labels didn't come in, but they're they're working on that. So uh, yeah, we'll just do that, wrap them tonight if you want, and uh, that way it's it's done, and we can get them to them and everything, because you're busy the next couple weeks. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's done. All right. Thank you for visiting this morning. We're we're laid back bunch as you can see. Not normally this laid back, but we're <laughs> we'll, we'll try to put on a fake show here for you. Uh, open up to First Peter, if you will. We've been preaching through the book of uh, uh, Peter, and uh, we are in chapter number five is where we left off last week, and uh, I preached it myself, which was kind of weird. Uh, as Peter, as we get to chapter number five, Peter. Um, is instructed. Remember, Jesus uh, asked him if he loved him three times, and he said, feed my sheep, feed the flock, feed the lambs, and that's what we looked at last week um, because Peter basically told me, the elder of this church, uh, even though I'm not that old, right? <laughs> you guys always giggle when I say that. Uh, the elder, the, the pastor, the bishop, the preacher, um, to feed the flock of God. So uh, that's what we try to do here every week. Uh, three times a week, and uh, we, we, uh, I, my goal is that um, you learn something every time you come here. I think it would be a waste. I think it would be a sin. I think it would be a sin to go to church your whole life and never learn anything. Wouldn't that be a sin? That, that would be like a sin, I think. And uh, so it's my, it's, it's my goal and my, uh, my command um, from the Lord to feed you, uh, uh, to give you the bread of life every week. And um, that's what I strive to do, whether it's uh, uh, in Sunday school or, or Sunday night or, or whatever it is, just to, just to open your eyes up to Scripture and show you marvelous things. So uh, that was last week, preaching it myself, which was weird. <clears throat> but now we're on to the rest of you. And I, I didn't even think about this. I, you, you know my love for calendars. I didn't even realize that it was the first Sunday of the month and I was going to have all these little ears in here. And this is so perfect. I love preaching to you guys. It is so great. One of these, we're just going to impromptu, and I'm going to have Sam come up here, and I'm going to go downstairs and, and let her rip. <clears throat> we might do that one week. Um, but here we are, First Peter. We're going to look, uh, look at chapter number 5, and verse number 5 is where we're going to be, begin. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord, that you've given us this week, Lord, to, to come to this place. And uh, Lord, that I pray that uh, each and every one of us would uh, walk out of here today, uh, Lord, with a uh, new look on, on the Scripture, on Your Word. And I pray that You would strengthen us and that You would edify us through this. Uh, but Lord, I pray that if there's someone here this morning that's not saved, that's lost, I pray that You would uh, uh, show them the gospel through our preaching and teaching this morning, Lord, that You would show them their need for a Savior. And Lord, I pray that You'd do that this morning. Uh, watch over us today as the ladies go out and shop. I pray that you'd watch over them, protect them. And Lord, that we can show these families, uh, Lord, the love of uh, the, your love through Jesus Christ this uh, Christmas season. I pray that you'd do that uh, in your son's precious name. Amen. All right, well, let's just do this. Let's kind of work down through this verse by verse. And, and today might be more of a teaching than preaching. And uh, look at verse number five. He says, Peter begins off uh, here, likewise. Likewise what? The people, the congregation, the, the people of the church. Remember, as we, we began this first letter of, of Peter, he was addressing 
those churches. And, and um, it's kind of like what we're doing on Sunday nights as well, addressing those seven churches there in Asia. And he's addressing some different churches in Asia. And here we are, 2,000 um, uh, some years later almost, and Peter's preaching to us. He's teaching us through this scripture. And um, th that's one of the things I really enjoy about uh, preaching and teaching through books of the Bible because uh, it hits all, all aspects of life. Um, and the Bible's, of course, it's, it's one of my favorite books. Does anybody else like the Bible? I, I heard of a book yesterday. I've got it on my Amazon cart. <clears throat> Does anybody have an Amazon cart? <laughs> I watched this video this week of these kids. <laughs> and and uh, they came home, and here's all these boxes on the porch. Did anybody see that? And, and they said, where'd this come from? And they said, Amazon, talking to the kids. Amazon, all I did was hit the button, and here it is. <laughs> it was Legos and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, But anyway, uh, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that I think in January on Sunday nights, I, I've got to, you know me, and reading books. It doesn't look that thick. But I'm optimistic that it'll be our Sunday night study coming up in January, and uh, more to that, more of that to come. Um, but it, it's, I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. Um, but anyway, Peter is addressing us through his book here, and he's teaching us everything that we ought to already know as as, as Christians. Am I right? Uh, we saw there in chapter number three that Peter gave his gospel. Gospel, the just—that's Jesus Christ dying for the unjust. That's you and I. That's Peter's gospel. He gave us the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, this is Christmas. I, I know Steve-O loves Christmas. This is like his favorite thing. He just lights up, and he gets like Thanksgiving. He can't wait for Thanksgiving to be over and Christmas to begin. It's his favorite time of year. And, and shouldn't we all be that as Christians? This is our, this is our opportunity to tell the person at, at Walmart or Kroger's or wherever we're at, the gas station at work, at school, wherever it may be, Merry Christmas. Do you know what Christmas is all about? How, e how easy is it, especially this time of year, to witness to somebody, to tell them exactly what Christmas is all about? Uh, you know, there are still in the United States in 2017, there are people that have not the earthliest, foggiest idea of what Christmas is about. <clears throat> they think it's about some fat dude in a red suit that comes down the chimney, and that's what Christmas is to them. But we know that's not the case, don't we? We, we know that Christmas is be the time of year that God gave us the greatest gift. And that gift was Jesus Christ. And without that gift, there'd be no earthly way that we could ever get to heaven. Because the Bible says, for the wages of sin are death. Do you guys know what wages are? It's what you earn. <clears throat> it's when you go to work this week and you earn a paycheck. That's your wages. And because of sin, what was the original sin? What was the original sin, Wyatt? Did your Sunday school teacher not do the same lesson we did this week, this morning? Disobedience. So just that little sin of diso oh, disobedience, that's not that big a deal. I asked our Sunday school class, I said, has anybody ever disobeyed? And nobody said yes. And then I asked, did anybody ever lie? And they, no, still no. <laughs> but that sin of disobedience all the way back in the Garden of Eden is the reason that you and I are aging today. Is anybody aging? <laughs> We're all aging. You, you, don't quite notice, you don't quite notice that you're aging, I think, until you get about... When does it happen? I think for me it happened last week. You get, <laughs> I think I was in pretty good shape until you hit about 35, and then you start noticing... 35? I, I think I was in pretty good shape until I was 35. And, and then you hit 35 and, and you uh, start saying, who's that standing there on the other side of the vanity looking back at me? I, I did that this morning. I said, oh, that guy's looking rough. That's uh, because of sin. And, and one of these days, we're going to take our last breath. And then we'll be dead. And that's because of sin. For the wages of sin is death. Do you know that in less than 100 years, everybody in this room more than likely will be in eternity. Some of us, it could be 20 years. Some of us, it could be this week. We, we, have, we don't know. We, we, have, we don't have that information. We don't have that knowledge. But I guarantee you, in less than 110 years, every person in this room will be in eternity. And I'm knocking on the door 40 or 39. 
39. I'm knocking on the door 39. See, since my wife's older than me, I always I, I get that mixed up. <clears throat> I'm knocking on, I am knocking on the door 40. It'll be here like that. I mean, somebody said, geez, it's December 1st this week. And I said, no, it's no, no, November. You're right. It's, where, did, where did this year go? I'm still writing 2016. <clears throat> but this year is over. It's flown by like that. So I'm knocking on the door 40. I'll be there before you know it. Just like that. And in less than 100 years, we'll all, we'll all be in eternity. And without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. The just for the unjust. Jesus Christ was just. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Jesus Christ had no sin. But yet you and I have all... Do we ha- are we just full of sin? We full- yeah, we're sinful. There is none good, no, not one. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that's us. And without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Without Jesus Christ, we have no answer, but because God loved us, He gave us His only begotten Son. And if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's how simple it is. It's, th- it's so simple, but yet religion today has muddied everything and tried to complicate things so much, and they have us think that we have to, we have to be baptized, or they'll have us think that we have to be a good person, or they'll have us think that we have to go to such and such church and go there every week. They have us, they put all these rules of engagement and all these restrictions on us that we have to meet these lists of requirements and that we also don't do this and we don't do this and we don't do this. And if we fulfill that list, then sometimes hopefully our good will outweigh our bad and we might make it to heaven. That's not anywhere in Scripture. That's nowhere in the Bible. That's man's way of thinking. The Bible says that man's ways and the ends thereof are death. We don't have... That might be a good idea, but guess what? The answer is wrong. The only way that you and I can get to heaven is by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ and the gift that God gave us. And that gift is salvation. That gift is grace. That gift is mercy. Those are all gifts that we, we take for granted, I think, especially this time of year. So we see here that Peter says, likewise... Likewise who? All of us. Remember all of these things that we've talked about in this book of 1 Peter, and especially the gospel, that without Jesus Christ there is no hope for us. There is no salvation. We have no hope outside Jesus Christ in this scripture. And this, ye younger. Oh, man, I'm so glad you youngins are in here today. Ye younger. How many of you is younger? (laughs) there you go I knew we'd have fun today I knew we'd have fun younger than what (laughs) right I remember a a month I think it's about it was our fifth Sunday I I went to that uh, other church and preached that Sunday night and uh, it's the same message you had here that morning it wasn't anything it's just recycled meat I guess and uh, I think I think dad was the oldest in here that morning and remember, we kind of went through the thing. How many of you think 20s old? How many of you think 30s old? How many of you think 40s old? We always think that we're the, there's always somebody older. And in, in, in that church, I said, Brother Brown, how old are you? He's 92. <laughs> 92. If you're 70 something, 92 seems old, doesn't it? There's, there's always somebody older, seems like. There, there's always somebody there. There's always somebody. There's always, you know, the Bible says to compare yourselves among yourselves, you're not wise. And I think that goes with our age, too. <laughs> we, we, you, ye younger. So that, that applies to all of us. Even if you're the oldest one in the room, guess what? There's always somebody that you're younger than. Isn't that a blessing? Praise the Lord. You're always younger than somebody. <clears throat> it's, Anyway, I'd get on a wife joke, but I think I already threw her under the bus telling everybody that she's just a couple days older than me. <laughs> Ye younger. I think you guys fall in that same category too, don't you? Yeah, me and Sam, we'll, we'll never, it'll be the case. We'll never let it down. <clears throat> Ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye all of you. Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Now, who is that talking to? All of us. Again, there is always someone that is older than us. And, and you know, this is, this is so practical of teaching, especially in our generation. And I am so glad you young people are in here today because this will set you out from the rest of the world. Do you know that's what the majority of the Bible is? It's practical living. It teaches us 
relationship skills. It teaches you wicked wives how to treat your husbands. It treats... It tells us wickeder husbands how to treat our wives, doesn't it? it? It tells us parents how to raise our children. It tells us how to have relationships in the church house. And it tells us how to have relationships in the workplace. That is what the Bible does. And if we take hold of what the Scripture has, guess what it'll do? It'll make us a light on a hill that the world can look at us and say, there's something different about that person. I wonder what's different. That's, that, do you know that's one of the most powerful things we have? We have the gospel. Uh, you know, I, uh, I saw a sign the other day. It said, most, the most powerful sermon is one lived, not preached. Anybody ever heard that saying? I might have got it wrong. You might have to check me out, Keith. Keith is our quote guy. <clears throat> the most powerful sermon is one lived, not preached. And that stuck with, of course, your preacher. I saw that a couple weeks ago, and I meant to throw that in there last week when talking about the, the preaching it myself. But I have to keep that in mind, that people are going to look at you and I as Christians, and they're going to hold us. Has anybody ever noticed that people hold you to a different standard when you're a Christian? Has anybody noticed that? You know, oftentimes we look at that and we just think, why? I'm no different than you are. I have the same struggles as you. I have, I'm no different than anybody else, are we? The only difference that we have is we have the Holy Spirit living in us that enables us, equips us, convicts us, guides us, and chastens us. That's the, that's the only difference between us and lost people is that. Oh, I guess that's a pretty big difference, isn't it? <clears throat> but then God expects different from us than He does people that aren't His children. Doesn't he? You know, if we, if, if, let's say Sam and Katie's downstairs trying to wrangle all them kids, they, they, they have different expectations for their children than they do for mine. They're all wicked, right? right? But they have different expectations for theirs than they do mine. Hey, I'm the same way. I have, look, here's a perfect example. Look at these three strapping lads here on the front row. Look at that. That's a blessing. Yeah, so much. <laughs> Now look at that. Mine's in the middle. There's a pickle on the end. There's a stingly on the other end. I have different expectations for these, for these three boys here. Are, are, are boys going to be boys? Yeah, they're gonna, boys are going to be boys. But I have different expectations for the one in the middle than I do for the other two. That doesn't give you the right to do whatever you want. But I, that one in the middle knows that when I look at him with that look, do I have a look, Wyatt? When that one in the middle knows that I look at him with a look, he knows it's time to straighten up. Isn't that right? Just with a look. Does, do you parents have a look? Do parents, Katie just gave me her look. She didn't even know she was doing it. She just gave me her look. <laughs> it's so natural, isn't it? There's a look. There's a look that we give our kids and no words need to be exchanged. And just with that look, oh, time to stop doing that. And then you'll see the kids, like the other ones are still doing it, but the one in the middle that just got the look, they're trying to be good. <laughs> it's that way with us. The Holy Spirit gives us the look. And I wouldn't give Ethan the look. Ethan would see my look, and he'd be like, what is wrong with his eye? <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know what my look is. He's like, has he got something wrong with his eye? But Wyatt knows, he knows the look, doesn't he? That's the same way with the world. I can give Wyatt the look, and he's like, oh, I better stop doing that. I better not do that. He knows what that look is. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us that same look. We know what it is, but lost people, they, they don't have the, the foggiest. You know how I know that? I can watch the news. <laughs> it's all over the news. Lost people, they behave differently than saved people. They don't have that loving father like you and I have to keep them, under, keep them in check. Keep them in tabs to make sure they're paying attention, make sure they're not damaging something, to make sure they're being, oh, what we're talking about this morning, respectful. Respectful. Do you know in our society, respect has gone out the window? That's what this verse here is talking about, verse number 5. It's talking about respect. Respect has been lost in our day and age. Respect has been lost in the family the way children talk to their parents. And isn't that where it begins? It begins in the home. And if respect is not taught in the home on how children ought to talk to their parents, then how is that child, when they grow up and they talk to their employer, how is that going to work out? 
It's not going to work out very good, is it? <clears throat> or when that child grows up and when that child talks to a police officer, how is that going to work out? It's probably not going to work out very good. Or when that child goes off to school and they talk to their teacher and they don't have that respect, how is, how is that going to work out? It begins at home, doesn't it? And we have lost respect in our nation. It, it's, 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 it's nationwide that we have no longer taught children respect. How many of you parents just love backtalk? Do you just love it? Like when your kids backtalk, you're like, oh, thank you. I needed that. I, I just needed that. I needed, to, I needed to hear that change in attitude. I, I needed to hear that sarcasm today. I just really needed to hear that. Thank you very much. Don't we just, we thoroughly enjoy that as parents, don't we? When that, when that child just talks back to us or, or when they, this is what we're dealing with at our house, when that child leaves the room and they're still talking around the corner. We just love that as parent kids. We love that as parents. This is called sarcasm I'm throwing. <laughs> it is absolutely gets in your crawl, can't stand it when, when our children do that. Do you know why? It's not respectful. Let's look at this verse again, verse number five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Now, did you catch that it didn't say ye children to the parent? That's a given. That, that's like out of the equation. That's, that's like you ought to not ever do that. Hey, we're, we're moving from the family out into the world. We're moving from the family into the school. We're moving from the family out into church. We're moving from the family out into the workplace. Uh, how many of you, let's see, it looks like the average young in age in here is probably 12-ish maybe? that about the average uh, 10, 11? Something like that. I'm kind of looking around across here. So in less than six years, kiddos, can I call you kids? Is that offensive? It doesn't matter. <laughs> kids, you don't like that? Kids. <clears throat> kids, in less than six years, you kids will, will have a job to report to, more than likely. Tomorrow is Monday. How many of you kids are going to school? Even the sheets, kids. Don't rub it in. <laughs> so this applies to every aspect of your life. It applies in the family. It applies at school. It applies in the workplace. And it applies at church. This thing we're talking about that's respect. And it also applies to us big people. Can I call us big people? Is that offensive nowadays? Big people? Us adults. It applies to us. Because remember, there's always somebody that's older. There's always somebody that's elder. We're always younger to somebody. <clears throat> Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. What does that do? That's our testimony. That shows someone else, if we give them respect, that we actually care about what they're saying. That's what respect does. Um, we were, at a, we were at a place last night. I've got a preacher friend of mine, and, and um, I kinda, it kind of hit me that, that, that my generation, and maybe even yours, we weren't raised this way. And he's an older guy, and he, he hammers this, especially to his kids, that's this. If you're a younger person, and you're sitting down, and somebody that's older walks up to you, this wasn't taught. I, I didn't know this. this. This wasn't taught to my generation. That if I'm younger and I'm sitting down and somebody, a, an older gentleman walks up, do you know what you're supposed to do? Is anybody, can anybody tell me what? Hold on, put your hands down. You know because I've told you. <clears throat> anybody but a Jackson kid, do you know what you're to do? If you're a younger person and somebody older walks up, do you know what you're supposed to do? Somebody said it. I heard it. Stand up. S stand up. Not, well, maybe not just to let them have your seat, but just to stand up to greet them. What is that? That is respect. That's, that's not taught nowadays, is it? We don't teach that. And, and, and here's the amazing thing about what the Bible says about just basic human social relationships. That when something, it, it's amazing because we, just like this is Christmas season and it's like our time to shine, this is our time to shine. 
the Apostle Paul says, calls this generation that we live in an untoward generation. What does that mean? We're untoward God. We live in a generation that is so far removed from the Bible, so far removed from God, that when we do the simple basic things that the Bible talks about, people think it's weird. <laughs> Am I right? They see it, they acknowledge it, they notice that the Bible says that we're to be a peculiar people. Now, that doesn't mean that like, oh, those people are weird. Well, the Bible says you're to be a peculiar people. I know some Christians that give that excuse. It doesn't mean peculiar like, whoa, what's wrong with those people? What are they? No, it just means different. That's, that's peculiar, different. So when that person, like a, this, this, is, this is an elder guy last night, walks up to me. I was in my seat. I stood up, I shook his hand, and I kind of noticed him think, well, that's different. <laughs> well, why, why did he not? And I'm not put, I wasn't shining any light on me. I, I'm sitting here in a chair. The guy walks up. And most people would just keep their legs crossed. Hey, how you doing? And just stay in the chair, right? I mean, it was kind of an informal situation. No big deal. But just, you know, and, and I stood up, shook his hand, looked him in the eye. Boys, listen to this. This is, this is life lessons. I stood up, shook his hand, looked him in the eye, and gave him a firm handshake. And I didn't know this was going to happen, but the guy was with him, introduced me, and told him what I did. Well, he's a preacher. And I saw that guy go, oh. Now, if I'd have just sit there all sloppy and lazy in my seat, hey, man, how you doing? What, what would he have thought? I wasn't doing that to shine light on myself. I was doing that to shine light on my Savior. That's the difference. That's what this Bible's telling, telling us. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. That's important. Not only is that important in just a testimony aspect, do you know what that will do in relationships? Uh, Brooke was talking just a little bit ago about pecking order. Do you know that there is a pecking order in nature? There's a pecking order. Has anybody ever had horses around? Got Been around horses? It's pretty easy to see that pecking order in horses, isn't it? Uh, the same way with cattle. Cattle have a pecking order. All animals have a pecking order. If you've ever watched it in Nature Channel, it's that same way with wolves and just dogs and cats, I guess. I don't know. But, but everything has a pecking order. And do you know why everything has a pecking order? It produces harmony. Because everything knows where its place is. And if there's not a constant battle in that hierarchy then everything is peaceful and everything has its order. What's the Bible telling us? Hey, ye younger, be in subject to the elder. It, it lays out this pecking order for us. It doesn't even give qualifications. That means that I don't have to walk in the room and Liston sitting there and him and I arm wrestle to see who's, 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 in, who's to be in charge in the room. We don't have to slap each other around, stand there and slap each other to see who. No, he's elder. I, I'm to respect him. I, I'm, to, I'm to submit and have reverence. Didn't that make harmony? That makes harmony. Is it that same way in the family? Do you know when there's chaos in the family? Here's when there's chaos in the family. When the kids drive the car, say what's going to happen, where they want to go, that's chaotic. Isn't it? Because the pecking order gets out of control. Anybody remember what I tell our kids when they want to go to McDonald's? <clears throat> You're with us. We're not with you. And what does that do? That establishes the pecking order. And that produces harmony in the family because not, everybody's not arguing and bickering. How many of you just love arguments in the family? Did, didn't it just, you just like, you just love to hear that in the back of the car, the kids bickering at each other and, and throwing stuff. And she's touching me and she's got my, all that, all that in the car is just so wonderful. It's just, you drive down the road with a smile on your face and, that's what all those drug commercials are on TV we were talking about in Sunday school this morning. It's because there's not harmony in the family, and when there's not harmony in the family, what's opposite of harmony? Chaos. It's, it's chaos. Nobody's happy. And it's not just when mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. When there's bickering and arguing and, and debate going on in the car about where to eat, nobody's happy. It, it doesn't make it a joyous thing to have together. And here's the thing, when, when you have a slew of kids, you guys have a slew of kids, but there's families in here that's got slews of kids too. When you have slews of kids and there's constant bickering and arguing and fighting, it's never fun. It's never enjoyable. 
Not just not for mom and dad, but for everybody. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. Hey, does God want us to have a fun, enjoyable life? Do you guys not know that? Yeah. He, he wants there to be peace. He's the prince of peace. You think he wants us to have peace? Yes. The only way you can have peace is through order. That's how we can have peace. That's what he, He's laying this foundation out. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. What is that? It's respect. That's exactly what respect is. And if we train and raise our children to be respectful is one thing, but hey, what if our children see us treating someone else with respect? What is that? That's your, that your message is more powerful heard than preached, seen than preached. We have more of a testimony in our family just by our reactions to just other people and interactions than we could ever tell our kids to do. Hey, if I tell Wyatt, like, Wyatt, don't ever smoke pot. Wyatt, don't ever smoke pot. No, he's looking at me, so you don't know what pot is. <laughs> and then he sees me smoking pot. What's he going to do? What's he going to think? Yeah. Wyatt, don't ever chew skull. Wyatt, don't ever chew skull. Wyatt, don't ever chew skull. And he sees me chewing skull. What's he going to do? Yeah. Wyatt, respect your elders. Wyatt, respect me. Wyatt, don't talk back. Wyatt, don't do this, that, and the other. And if he sees me back talking and biting my dad or listening or whoever, what's he going to do? Do it. Yeah. See, see how powerful this principle is? Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be, here it is, in subject one to another. What does that mean? Well, we, we don't talk about this in society anymore, but the way hierarchy works is what does the king have? The king has subjects, right? What do subjects do? Subjects serve. That's basically what subjects do. So what is the Bible telling us to be? Subject one to another. Wait a minute. We're supposed to serve one another? <laughs> yeah. That's what Christendom is all about. We are to serve one another. But most of the time, we're too selfish to worry about serving one another. Isn't that the case? Isn't that the problem with most marriages? When marriages become too selfish and self-centered about themselves and they don't worry about and they don't think about and it doesn't even cross their mind about serving their spouse, isn't that when there's trouble in the relationship? Hey, when there's back talk and bickering at the hierarchy between mom and dad, what do you think the kids are going to do? The same thing. But when mom and dad submits themselves one to another, what are the children going to do? Submit themselves. Hey, Wyatt, how wonderful would it be if you submitted yourself to Wade? Where's Wade at? He's back there with mommy. He can't be trusted up on the front. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think if you submitted yourself to Wade that your you two's relationship would be a lot better? If you served him and you weren't selfish about getting the last piece of pizza? And if you said, hey, Wade, do you want this pizza? How, how do you think your relationship would be better? Or if you two said, hey, Wade, let's, uh, let's work together and let's clean our room and, and it'll make Daddy really happy because that's what he's always griping about. If we cleaned our room... It would make mom and dad really happy, so let's clean our room. How, how do you think that would change the dynamic in our household? A lot. He, he rolled his eyes. He's like, oh, that's a good roll in the eye. A lot. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. We're talking about submitting ourselves one to another. Do you think Peter nailed it right here? I think he pretty much nailed it. <clears throat> Check this out. Submitting yourselves one to another and be ye clothed with humility. Mm -mm. I don't like to be humilitated. Does anybody like to be humilitated? Humilitated. I pulled that definition up. I wanted to show you what that word for word, verbatim here, what humility means. Because I sometimes I look it up because I'm too dumb and I gotta look up definitions and I say, "Wow, that was better than I thought." <clears throat> humility, <coughs> having or showing a modest of low. Estimate of one's own self-importance. You ever heard that saying, the world doesn't revolve around you? That's humility. That's humility. 
Paul says that I abased myself. How many of you live in a house on the first level and then you go down steps down to the scary place? <laughs> Does everybody have one of those under their house? What do you call that? A basement. Where is the basement? It's at the bottom of the house. Remember that pecking order we were talking about? Hey, if, if we will humble ourselves and abase ourselves and put others before us, wow, that's Christianity in a nutshell, isn't it? That's what Peter's talking about. Putting others before yourself. <laughs> Showing a modest, low estimate of one's own self-importance. That'll do it. The world doesn't revolve around you. Now, I'll back this up with saying this, that each and every one of us is important. Do you understand that? <clears throat> Sometimes when you, when you have a big family, I've, I've, I've kind of seen this and noticed this. We don't have, as much as I joke about it, we don't have favorites in our family. We, we, we yell at our kids all equally the same. <laughs> we treat them all the same. We don't have importance in our family. And when you have that in a family, when you have that equal playing field, nobody feels more important than anybody. Am I right? But there are different interests that somebody will have than others. Like, example, yesterday, I'm using you a lot, Wyatt. You should maybe just start staying up here. <clears throat> I took Wyatt to work with me yesterday. Why? Because he's a couple years older than Wade. And because... I can get a little bit of work out of him sometimes, and I take Wade to work with me, and I'm, it's usually pretty rough. <laughs> Where's he at? He's over here playing in traffic. I don't know. <laughs> but the, does that mean that I esteem Wyatt more than Wade? No. Wade, you're just as much of my favorite as Wyatt is. <clears throat> it's just he's got a few, years, a few years on you. And, hey, if we're not careful as parents, talking to us parents in here, if we're not careful with that, some of our kids will start thinking the other one's the favorite. Isn't that the case? And my sister's back there, and she claims that I'm the favorite. I know I am, but, <laughs> but, but for illustration purposes, I'm not the favorite. Am I the favorite? <laughs> Shoot, I'm never, bra never brave enough to ask that. I wish I hadn't asked it now. <laughs> we don't have favorites in our family. We, you know, you know what that is. That is wicked. To have favorites in a family, there are plenty of Bible illustrations where that got godly men in trouble having favorites in the family. To where some of those boys turned around and killed each other. To where some of those boys tried to kill their father. Where some of those boys started a religion of their own. That's what you get. That, that's trouble in the family when there's favoritism. So we have to be sure that we treat them all just as sorry. <laughs> no, <clears throat> that we uh, 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 treat them all the same. Uh, look here, clothed with uh, humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I was, I'm really trying to get you out early today. We've only got two. Well, actually, we've only got two more verses. So this is this is gonna this is gonna work out just right. <clears throat> you know, I uh, we we started this message with the gospel and how that we have to be born again to get to heaven. And this verse right here gives us the preeminence of that. Look at this. God resisteth the proud. Now, I think she's wrong, but my wife told me a couple weeks ago that I have a small problem with pride. Did you say small problem? <laughs> Depends on the day. Hey, I don't hardly know anybody that doesn't have problem with pride. I can think of a few, but they are far. Usually, the people that I think of that don't have a problem with pride are. No, that's not even true. I'm having a real hard time thinking of somebody that doesn't have a problem with pride. I can think of a few. But I think that that sin is, did you, see I, did you see I called it a sin? Because it's a sin. And if you don't think pride's a sin, just ask Satan. That's how he fell. <laughs> but that sin of pride will creep in and it will affect each and every one of us. 
Do you know how I know that? Because I see ladies putting makeup on. I see ladies coloring their hair. But you just said a couple weeks ago, I know, we're, we're new, cool, hip Baptists. We don't preach against that. But that can be a form of pride. A- am I right? Oh, I'm starting to get some gray up here. I better, I better go get some of that bottle. That, that's pride. <clears throat> or this. Gosh, my hair's disappearing. Maybe I should start shaving it all off. That's pride. So that, that's just like insignificant pride that we don't even think about. Am I right? That's pride. Each and every person in this room has trouble with pride. What does it say? God resists the proud. What does that word resist mean? It means works against. Positive and negative magnets, they resist one another. They work against each other. And God works against the proud. Ooh, Does that mean I should stop coloring my hair? Does that mean I should stop putting makeup on? What did I take of the fence is ugly painted? <laughs> hey, it's not just coloring our hair. It's not just shaving our heads. It's not just having a shiny vehicle in the parking lot. Hey, the biggest form of pride is when a lost person says, eh, I'm not that bad a person. I can probably get to heaven. 